Welcome to season three of the Property Manager Podcast, episode 21. My name is Tony Myla, and as always, I am here with Fred Tracy, Rachel Graham, and Rachel Palmashano. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tony. So for this episode, uh, I'll be 100% honest with everybody in the audience. I may have nerded out a little bit about marketing and SEO, uh, but that, uh, so my forgiveness in, in advance, I hope you accept my apologies there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that actually made a lot of sense for us to do because we spoke with Alexander Hasulis, who is the co-founder and president of Upkeep Media, which is a marketing agency that really supports real estate professionals, specifically property managers in their endeavors. And so it kind of was a natural path for me to, to go down, be prepared. <laughs> Tony, you definitely nerded out and I can tell because I know you, you try to refrain yourself from trying to dig even deeper. You have to keep it super high level. And I think Alexander did a really good job of kind of laying it out, uh, marketing 101 for property managers into phases, right? So you have the phase one website, phase two SEO, Google ads, phase three email marketing, then remarketing. Whether you are just diving into how to do a marketing strategy for your business or you know you ha already have one, you can take away some lessons from Alexander and what he says in this. I mean, Rachel, you've been doing marketing your whole life. What was your take on kind of how he approaches. I really liked what he had to say and you know we don't want to give away too much up front but uh, one of the things that that struck me from the uh, the conversation was that what he was saying is universal. You know, marketing has fundamentals. It has foundations to it. And so just by really kind of regrounding in those fundamentals, it sets out a great strategy for anybody whether you're a property manager or somebody else. No, no, wait, wait. Hold on a second. One of the things and, and I didn't want to have to to spoil this, but but I, but I think that I have to now. This completely struck me uh, that when asked about what property managers are doing wrong with their marketing, uh, Alexander said that they don't have a marketing funnel at all. Now this, of course, all four of us, uh, shocks all four of us being marketers. Uh, and we know how hard it is uh, doing marketing. We know that you know it's there's just a lot uh, and that it can be very daunting. So I think if, if that's you and you want some great tips, uh, it's definitely a great episode to continue to listen to. Um, with that said, Rachel, do you, uh, do you want to, uh, Ooh, get it going? it's my turn to say roll it this week? I, I, I think so. Awesome. All right. Let's roll it. Welcome to the Property Measure Podcast. My name is Tony Maiella. Today I am here with Alexander Hasulis, co-founder and president of Upkeep Media. How are you doing, Alexander? I'm doing great. Thanks for having uh, me. Oh, no, thanks for joining. Now, today we're talking all about marketing during a global pandemic. Uh, a lot of the times for property management businesses, marketing can take a back seat. And getting the nuance right during times like these uh, is not easy at all. Uh, still, at the end of the day, a solid, realistic marketing strategy for your business during COVID is more important than it's ever been. The stakes are high and consumers are occupying everything virtual. Reputation and how you show up online is also more important than ever. And it's more important than dollar signs because the safety of residents is really what's top of mind for everyone. Now in this episode, that's why I'm so excited to be talking with Alexander, uh, who again is the co-founder and president of Upkeep Media, uh, which is a specific niche marketing agency just for property managers. Uh, so with that, let's jump into the first question. What are some of the biggest marketing funnel mistakes you've seen property managers make throughout the pandemic? All right. So this one is a loaded question. Ultimately, 
I would be honest to say that the biggest mistake I see is implementing a marketing strategy only now that COVID-19 has hit. All in all, whenever you start marketing, it's always the point of a highest difficulty. You're starting with zero data, zero experience. And generally your cost per lead, your cost per acquiring a client with these strategies will be at all time highs. And of course, when you're continuously improving a marketing strategy, the goal is to lower your cost per lead and lower your cost per acquiring a client. So there's that initial difficulty of starting out. And on top of it, we have the extra difficulty related to COVID-19, where you see definitely in some markets, it's a benefit because there's a lot of accidental landlords that do want help. Um, and they're finally going to move towards working with property managers. They've never considered it beforehand. So there's advantages on that side, but I would say that that's probably it. It's the reactionary approach and then thinking that it's going to be difficult. And ultimately from there, you have to stick with it. So you really have to decide if you're going to go through with it and understand that only as time progresses and you increase uh, your marketing approach and you actually run more and more tests, will you start to actually improve it over time. So just having realistic expectations and then knowing that right now has some, some challenges. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, just being strategic, uh, especially around, you know, a, a time like COVID when so much has had to, had to be reactionary. Uh, I think if you're, if you're coming out of the gate and you don't have a marketing strategy in the first place, you're definitely going to be in need of one. And now on the flip side, what have been some of the surprisingly genius moves that you've seen property managers make during the pandemic with their marketing? All right, so so genius moves, there definitely has been a few. Um, I will point out, let's say two. So the first one I would say is actually taking advantage of the fact that you wanna go and target accidental landlords more than anything. It's them especially that are going to have a lot of challenges. You know, they're self-managing their properties. They're not per se experts. Uh, in good times, it's easy. Obviously COVID has its challenges for the tenants. Um, as well as the owner. So going with a professional property management company has its advantages. So, you know, really marketing towards that part of the market um, and communicating that there really is no better time to work with a property manager other than now, um, that would be the first one. The second one is really, um, it comes to the companies that were already doing marketing. So it's really about your potential reach. Ultimately, if you had a lot of people visiting your site uh, beforehand, uh, a lot of those will be people that are actually looking for property management. But if you're doing a really good marketing strategy, you're going to be getting a lot of, let's say, accidental or self-managing landlords to your site as well. And that gives you a lot more opportunity uh, to target these people through remarketing campaigns. So a lot of companies that have, you know, done their work before, Um, During COVID-19, you actually see that they've increased their marketing dollars and they're trying to go after that market share and they're utilizing the data and information that they've picked up in the past few years um, and really trying to target those people again to bring them back to the site and consider their work. Yeah, and that's a really good point about, you know, going after the folks who don't necessarily have the expertise or at least positioning your business to have that sort of pull and that knowledge that will help you sort of uh, make those sales and you know, be extremely valuable in this time. Um, we've actually seen property managers from our 2021 industry report 
uh, offer more services than ever at this time. And it's that's really driven by property owners wanting more services uh, because of the complexities of COVID, because of, you know, living in a zero touch reality where, you know, the safeties of residents is paramount. So again, we've, we've seen a lot of those those services already increased. So I think capitalizing on them and really putting yourself out there and what you can deliver uh, is, is so important. Now, your agency has a strong idea of what a marketing funnel is supposed to do. Um, and in fact, you help many property management businesses build out their funnels from scratch. What are some of the funnel challenges that you've seen during this time? All right, well, we can put it during this time. I can also say it's probably all the time. I guess the challenge always with marketing is, is what to implement at what time. So the most common mistake that we see are people skipping steps. So, you know, an example is COVID hits. I want leads, you know, our normal way of getting business has slowed down. I'll finally start to implement an online marketing strategy. Generally speaking, the first approach you might do is run ads. You know, it's instantaneous. I can get on the first page of Google, I can target people looking for property management services. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the step they're actually skipping is having a website with proper information for both owners and investors, um, as well as you know having proper reviews in place. So you saw the chessboard before, I can use an analogy. Oh yeah, please do. The best way to learn is you'll, you'll start you know, from uh, you know, check and, and you want to learn checkmate and you want to move backwards. I would say that marketing is pretty much the same thing. You want to start at the end and move backwards. So the first thing you want to do is actually build a platform, right? In this case, it'd be your company website that has the right information for, for both owners and investors, right? In this case, targeting people that do third-party property management, you want to target people that want property management, um, from that standpoint, this is where people will make their final decision, right? Once you invest in actually having people come to your site, from there, they need to feel comfortable enough to, to take the final and most important step, which is to actually call your business or reach out. Sure. So you want to start from that standpoint. You know, Even if you didn't do any online marketing, um, you had a realtor referral program in place or you have someone that hears about your business, they're going to go online, they're going to go check out your business. So having a website with the right information for people that will consider your services is step number one. Having good reviews uh, is also part of that. And from there, you have a good working model, then you'll move to the next step, which is, okay, I have the fire now I want to, you know, pour the gasoline on the fire, you want to drive the right people to the site. So that's probably the biggest mistake It's just skipping that aspect. And just driving people and paying Google to drive people to your site is not necessarily going to get them to do what they need to do, which is actually reach out. You need to have the right information there and you have to have good reviews in place. So you seem like one of the, the better companies, of course, in the local market, because that's ultimately what they're looking for. Yeah. So I basically just heard you say you have to consider the full funnel. Uh, and if, if, you, if you can't get all the way from you know, first touch or someone learning about you on your site, to an actual conversion, uh, then you've got a problem right off, right off the bat. Um, and you could potentially waste a lot of money just driving traffic with no sort of finality to it. Um, yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's some great insight. Um, now, you know, during, you know, COVID-19, we've seen a lot of things rapidly change. How have you seen marketing to owners 
property owners change, um, you know, during the pandemic. And I would say in general, like over, you know, recent years. I mean, I think that the principles are more or less the same. Uh, I think the, the reality is that, you know, today compared to five years ago, it's a lot more competitive. So, you know, more and more companies understand the ROI behind it um, and they've implemented strategies, right? And if you think of the internet almost like a real estate space, if you want visibility, as time progresses, right, there's going to be inflation in the sense of the cost to compete will rise. So, you know, in the past, it took a decent website and you can run ads, you might put up five, 10 pages, you could rank uh, naturally, but as more companies have adopted it, the level of competition has, uh, you know, rised. And from there, it's really, you need more and more of a multifaceted marketing approach. You need to have multiple touch points, especially during COVID. I would say the biggest thing we see is the sales cycle, the time to decide to work with a property manager get Mm -hmm. extended. Right. And I think that that's something with every industry or anything going on during COVID, there's a lot of unknowns and on a, you know, even a personal level, I think that affects you in all sorts of things throughout your life, including, Oh, am I going to go spend some more money uh, to work with a property manager or should I try and figure it out on my own and try to save some money? Right. So I think that's the biggest thing. Um, It's really that it's, you need a more sophisticated approach. You need to accommodate the fact that, if you're going to invest in having someone find your site the right way, well, you've, you've, you've almost paid for a certain piece of information and you don't want to leave it to chance. You want to try to remarket them. You want to try and re-engage them. And that more and more has become a necessity as it's become more competitive. Yeah. that's a really good point. And we, you know, we talk about, we, we talk a lot about marketing, of course, because you know, I'm on a marketing team. Uh, I do content marketing myself. And one of the things I think you mentioned that I think is really, really important is, you know, what is your marketing strategy? Like how, like beyond just the first visit to a site, like what is that person experiencing in their everyday digital experience? And how do you maybe uh, create that sort of surround sound effect so that even if you're not hitting someone with, uh, you know, an email sort of every other day, or maybe you probably don't want to want to over uh, to push your luck too much. How do you find the right channels that you know will also keep your company's brand awareness like top of mind as they're sort of in the middle of making you know a buying decision? Or how, how do you push them down that funnel? And I think that definitely multi-channel is really important to consider in, in our world, um, and especially as you see like Facebook developing especially as you see, you know, YouTube developing, um, there, there are a lot of opportunities out there. It's just about finding the right balance. And of course, uh, you know, getting the lead in the first place and going after other channels for, for leads is huge. Now with this difficulty, it also comes growth. So where have you noticed the most opportunity for, for growth, for property managers, marketing funnels, given everything that's going on? Uh, well, I would, I would say it's probably to the advantage of the companies that were already doing a lot of marketing. So I, from, from what I see, uh, the companies that already had a lot implemented really doubled down on being more aggressive during COVID-19. Um, and it's because they have, you know, invested in picking up a certain level of data. 
it's really about the multi, you know, multi-channel approach to marketing. So um, it, it doesn't only have to be online marketing. The best things I've seen are people who are tying in, let's say their offline marketing to their online. Uh, sure. a, a, a direct example is something like using uh, direct mail, right? Initially, all the marketing channels that work best are the ones where we can obviously try to target or pinpoint our direct market the best. Um, and all of these different marketing channels have different advantages. So something like direct marketing, uh, direct mail works really well. And then if you run something like that, where you actually within the mailers, try to drive people back to the site, well, you're integrating both and then you're getting people to come into your online marketing web, you know, and the minute they, they get to my site, you, you basically, you have, you have them to some degree where you can remarket to them over time. Um, and that's really what you want. You want to try and drive as many owners or investors to your site. And then with the proper, let's say, content, you'll be able to re-engage them and bring them back. So I'd say it's there really using different channels and tying them together. And there's a few companies out there that really do it well. Yeah, that's a really good point. So well-timed direct mail can do a lot for your leads. It can really help to push them over the edge. And, you know, I've had a really well-timed, uh, well-timed direct mail come to me. And we actually do a lot of work with ABM campaigns at Buildium as well. So I think that, you know, which is, which stands for account-based management out there for, for those of you who haven't heard of it. And, and really at the end of the day, uh, what you were saying, Alexander, I think is really interesting. Uh, you have a CTA on that direct mail piece, right? So that CTA could be a vanity URL, uh, just to make it easier for someone to get to your site. It could be something, maybe even a QR code, um, whatever, whatever it is, you're testing that channel. And if you can sort of, uh, I guess, cross medium and like get one per a person from one medium to the next, I think you're doing really successful marketing because they're going to remember that you just, you just may, you just, uh, I would say entice them to connect the dots. Right. And so I think that's a really good learning is like, how do you actually entice them with that direct mail piece? Like, how do you get them from, from the physical to the digital? And maybe that's some kind of offer. Maybe it's some kind of, you know, a uh, proof point or, or conversation or something that you're offering to do that. But it, it's a really good, really good insight. So, th so, so thank you for that. Now, everybody is online and, and probably way too much these days. And that's the truth. Um, you know, let's just say you have a client that's looking to build or revamp an existing website. So you get them from that direct mail piece to, the, to your website. What are some of the trends that are informing the different elements and uh, designs of the sites that you do these days? Okay. Um, well, I would say that first off, it's probably the, let's say, software companies or designers that are always applying these, these more avant-garde approaches. Um, there's a lot of stuff with, with using, you know, icons and, and, and graphs and, and drawings. I would, stay, I would say still in the real estate space, uh, you have to aim at your target market. And I, I still think images within this market are, are useful. Um, but I would say the biggest thing is mobile first indexing. That's probably the biggest change I see in the sense of a design principle that of course you want your site to be mobile friendly. Sure. Um, and everyone says my site's mobile friendly, but the minute you put it on your phone, you know, it's still mobile friendly, but 
readability wise, it's, it's still small, it's still difficult. So if you look at some, you know, well-developed software companies, there's even some really big insurance companies out there and you pull up a site on desktop, everything looks extremely large. And it's because they're developing the site to be really easy to navigate through mobile first. Um, everything's a little larger, so it's easy to read. And then from there, if you go on desktop, uh, it's obviously a bit bigger because it's mobile first design as well. So that's probably number one, yeah. um, where I often see that really overlooked in the industry where you want to make it easy on the phone. 50% of traffic is coming from the phone. And actually the biggest mistake I see is there's no phone number always showing. That's, you know, you want leads. You want to make it really easy for them to contact you. You don't want someone to have to go all the way down to the footer, look for the phone number, copy, paste it. You want to make it a click to call. That's step number one. And the more important step is to make the phone number actually show at all times, no matter what page you're on, right? Because the purpose is to get leads. The other thing I would say is, is just clear messaging. Um, and if you want new owners and investors, then your site should be geared towards that. Oftentimes you get to a homepage of a site and you know it's, it's fair to want to have your site be accessible for your existing clients, sure. but you really want new owners to be more comfortable because they're new users coming to your site. You want to really facilitate their experience. So if you want new owners, well, you should have clear messaging. Your homepage should really be geared towards them more than anything. Your existing owners, your existing tenants, they've been on the site before, they know where to go. That's probably the second one. And the third one is that every page should have a, a goal. Um, so if it's a sales page where someone's looking through your services, well, the goal of that is to actually make them reach out to you. But if they come to, let's say an educational article, something that related to uh, how to evict tenants. Well, you might want to lead them to say, come do business with us, but you might want to lead them to the next step. You know, they go from problem to solution. We'll say, Hey, here at, you know, X property management, this is how we screen tenants. This is our, our way. So again, yeah. you're, you're not trying to just sell the services right off the bat, be super aggressive. You're trying to lead them to the next step. So in that sense, you should think about every page having a goal within big picture, the whole funnel of leading people wherever they get to, to the end of wanting to do business with you. Yeah, I, I love that insight uh, because essentially it allows you to have a clear idea of what you're trying to accomplish and what success looks like. Um, and if you don't know what success looks like, uh, then you're you're in trouble. Um, you have to understand what how things connect. And I think it was uh, the content example you gave was interesting because, you know, of course, if you are relating to a pain point and you're describing how to deal with, with a problem or how to come up with a new strategy, like around a certain topic, maybe something with leasing, um, you know, you want to connect your service when it makes sense, because that's really what you're, what you're offering. So that's where you have your expertise and there's really nothing wrong with it. I think if, you know, you're looking at it from a content a content angle, it's still content first, right? You're still serving the search intent. That's what you need to do to be able to rank. But there are plenty of opportunities for you to say, oh, hey, by the way, we actually offer this service, which is, uh, you know, or a little bit different from our competition. And then it gets it gets the the viewer or the 
the site visitor to a product page. Um, so I think that's just a really great insight. Um, and you know, when we talk about mobile uh, accessibility, we also, of course, think about things like site speed. How fast does it take for your for your your site to to load up? If it takes too long, and your goal on one of the pages is to get a phone call to generate a lead because it's you know, more of a bottom of funnel type of type of page, uh, and it's taken too long to load up, then you know you've got to make sure that you figure out why it's loading slowly because you're going to get people who are going to bounce off of that page. And uh, of course, Google will help you see those problems uh, these days as well. Um, so you're you're also an SEO whiz, Alexander. How have search trends evolved over the pandemic? And are there any Google algorithmic updates that affect the way a, web, a website will rank these days? We'll go straight to the the updates. I mean, Google, they you know they had an update in May, um, you know during the the height of the pandemic. When it comes to updates, it's going to depend on the approach. I think from do-it-yourselfers, as long as they're not doing, you know, black hat SEO, you don't really need to worry about the updates. You know, if you're really being aggressive with trying to game the system, well, then you have to be careful. But let's say uh, your site does get hit. You probably want to try and figure out what you've done aggressively, because that's usually where it comes from, uh, that negatively affected it. But I would say it's always about looking at the first page. So, so Google's always giving you the blueprint. They're, you want to look at the winners. Um, it's always going to let you know what you need to do. And that's the really great thing about online. Um, well, it's good and bad that you can see your competition just as much as they can see you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's, there's tons of tools out there. Um, and really, that's, that's big opportunities. Always looking at the competition and, and seeing where they're bringing in their traffic or what type of topics are working for their site. Um, but I would say it's just about always keeping up with the updates. It's really, if you're an aggressive SEO is and you're going to do a very aggressive approach, but in the general sense, if you're doing it like a business, um, you're doing it on your own, you probably just want to adopt the best practices and, and not be super aggressive. The, the more skills you have, the more aggressive you can be, but in essence, you just want to kind of do what Google wants, which is, you know, make your site a site of value. There's one thing you'll see from most sites that are on the first page. You go to those sites, they have tons of information. And ultimately that's because Google's looking at tons of factors, but the one thing they're looking at to really understand what a site is about is the actual content itself. And you won't see competitive markets with a website rank on the first page that has five or 10 pages. You're going to see they have 30, 50, 100 pages of in-depth information. And that's really what it is. They want to show the best sites. Um, that's why everyone likes Google, because they're good at that. Um, that's why people like to click in the organic over the paid ads. It's because in people's mind, those are the best results. And the yeah, because they trust them more. It's, it's sites that have a lot of useful information. So um, hope, hopefully that answers the question. No, it definitely does. Uh, and, you know, I think when we're talking about, uh, you know, what is a good piece of content, we're, one, of the, one of the concepts that I think a lot of property managers are probably familiar with already, but maybe some aren't, is search intent, right? So when someone types in 
property managers near me, it's pretty clear what they want. Um, you know, if you gave them something else, uh, then they wouldn't click on it. So I think it's just interesting to understand what they're looking for. And a lot of the times I think in our, in our business, there tends to be a lot of overlap because there are a lot of different audiences searching for the same thing. Um, and so I think that's one of the challenges, for example, like a, a renter could be searching for something around leasing the same way that a landlord could be searching for it, the same way that a property manager might be searching for it. Uh, so just a lot of things to consider. And, and I think that's where the power of the long tail uh, keyword searches really come in. So I'll try not to get too nerdy. Um, how has, uh, so how has local SEO changed, if at all, uh, over recent years? And that's the kind of search that, you know, searches that come up uh, that are tend to be long tail property managers near me. That's Google sort of ranks uh, ranks itself in a unique way. Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, if we look at like the past five years, I wouldn't say much has changed. Um, I would say that everything needs to be done a bit better. Um, definitely in the link building landscape, it has changed. Um, you need better quality links. You know, no, uh, no PBNs or things like that. That's not to get nerdy, but that's an approach of I'll buy old sites. I'll put those sites up and I'll just link to my site for that. That strategy, it still works. Yeah. It doesn't work as well. Um, I would say that's probably the biggest, biggest thing. Um, mm -hmm. But it's really that Google is much better at gauging the quality of the content on the site. So they've got Google rank brain, you know, they're buying all these AI companies. Um, more and more, they're putting more weight on the on-site SEO, which is everything done on the site itself. Mm -hmm. um, and that's probably the biggest change I've seen where um, you, you really just have to have good information on the site. You, you, can't, you can't skip it. You can't just throw in a bunch of keywords and think that you're going to rank. There's, there's a lot more to it. Google's system is becoming better and better at really gauging which sites are the best. Um, you know, they're looking at people interacting. That's why you want your content to be spaced out. You want the readability to be there. You don't want to have just blocks of text because no one enjoys that. So they're really good at, at doing that. That's probably the biggest, the biggest change I've seen. Uh, that's, that's really great to hear. Now, what kinds of content like along the same lines are you seeing work the hardest for property managers with limited budgets? Because of course we can, you know, it's easy to say like, hey, we need to publish a ton of content, but you know, A, that's expensive and and B, it can also be time consuming. And so it's not always realistic for every for every business. So I'm just curious what you're seeing work the hardest for. for yeah, I think, well, I think you, you touched on it, maybe not on purpose, but it's the long tail keywords. Uh, I think everyone is going after property management near me, property management in a city, everyone wants those, right? Those are the people that are at the end of the, the cycle in the sense of the funnel. They know what they want. That's a buyer intent keyword search. They're looking for the service. They don't need convincing. They're looking for a partner. The, those are the most competitive, right? You can usually gauge by the cost per click. As general, the cost per click is going up. That's probably a competitive term for SEO as well. Um, it's really the long tail where you can get people that aren't per se looking for property management, right? They're, they're do-it-yourselfers. Um, that's a big part. That's actually the larger part of the market, right? It's the people that are 
managing their own property. And, and those are also the low hanging fruit in terms of competition. And you actually have a chance to rank for that in that sense. So that's probably the, the best opportunity. Um, but again, it's, it's really, again, it's about developing that site with value. And that's usually coming from the blog in forms of education for owners. So if you're thinking, what are the most common problems? What are the most, um, let's say, common questions, right? Problem solutions. That's the type of stuff where uh, you can go after that really people don't think about as much because they're all focused on, I want those property management in the city type of terms. Yeah, that's a really good point about competition. It's uh, it's going to be harder to rank for those those higher competition keywords. And again, you're going to have a lot more people going after them, paying for them in the first place. So, you know, if, if those keywords come up and someone's searching for them, they're going to see a whole bunch of ads first before they even get to the organic content. And it, it just makes it a lot harder uh, in general. And I, and I would say too, when we talk about long tail, just to give to give folks out there an idea of what we mean, um, in case you don't know, it's it's really those keyword searches that uh, tend to be lower volume. So people search for them a lot less. Um, like Alexander was saying, they are uh, lower competition. So not as many people are paying, not as many businesses are paying to uh, to use them in paid search. And not as many, uh, I would say, businesses are going after them even in organic. So it's going to be easier to rank for them. And I think that it's just a really good insight to take away uh, along the long tail as well is really, you know, when we talk about local SEO, we also talk about like local content. Like what makes, like if, you, if you're able to find like a search keyword or a query, like around something that's very unique to your market, there's more chance that you're going to be able to rank for it. So if there's, if, if you manage, you know, uh, a portfolio that's like right by the ocean, uh, or it, it, you know, maybe there's a vacation crowd, you start to really dig into the kinds of maintenance that you have to do, or the kinds of things that come up that are very unique to your market. I think that you'll have, you'll be more likely to rank. So it's just a matter of the detail you can get into with those searches. And even sometimes at the neighborhood level. I think if you have, you know, really uh, a popular neighborhood that's uh, that's pretty well known in your region, it's sometimes worth going after. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, not always as easy to identify, but uh, I think that's that's why uh, you know you can scan and use tools like SEM Rush um, to to find those those opportunities. And even if there are just ten monthly searches. Uh, 10 monthly searches as far as volume, there's a chance that that topic can grow. So it's, uh, I think Alexander is, is nodding. So I think this is the kind of stuff that SEO nerds love, uh, like myself. When uh, Also, like, what kind of search topics and categories from an evergreen approach do you recommend in general that property managers go after? I would say in a categorical way. Let's say that every market goes through the same steps, right? Every, in terms of education, you know, so there are some people out there, they don't even know property management's an option. find it hard to believe, but there, there are. People in every industry, uh, your target market doesn't even know what the problem is they have, right? So they're trying to first define the problem. Once they define the problem, they're going to start looking up the problem online. Uh, the next stage is that they're going to look for solutions. Then the next stage is that they're going to look for um, let's say companies or products that provide 
those solutions, right, or services. And then they're actually going to look for those, those companies or they're going to try and gauge to find the best one. So all markets are like that and property management's the same way. So I, we've got what we call the buyer intent keywords. These are people actively searching for property management. The, the stage right before that is someone really gauging property management as a solution, right? So that's what do property managers charge? Are they worth it? How do I find the right one? What type of questions should I ask them? That's the stage right before. And, and before that is, let's say, solutions. Yep. Um, so Pain we'll points. just do problem and solution. I'm going backwards, making it maybe a little more difficult for everyone. No, no, that's great. Someone might search for evictions and they might find your article on evictions. Um, the next step would be to lead them to an article related to ways to mitigate the risks of eviction, which would be, you know, better strategies for screening and finding better tenants. So big picture, that's what you want your site to do. You want to drive in people at every level. And some of those articles will be SEO focused in the sense that the market actually knows about it and they're searching for it. And others will be more where you're the thought leader. They wouldn't have thought of it, but you're going to lead them to the article within your website that will take them to the next step. Um, so hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, oh, totally. It's uh, just, you just basically walked back up the, the funnel all the way to the very tippity top of, of thought leadership type of stuff. Something like an article you might see on LinkedIn um, or, or even a social post or just a post itself. Um, so that, that's awesome. Now, last question for you. If you could give one piece of parting advice to property managers looking to have a more efficient ROI with their marketing funnel and their spend overall, what would it be? Okay. I'll, I'll give two pieces of advice. So <laughs> the first one would be ultimately to, to figure out where you're at and draw out the steps that you're going to take to get to, let's say the promised land of having a multifaceted marketing approach. Um, from the online standpoint, uh, you should definitely start with the site itself. And in terms of the type of information you want on the site up front is the most common questions and concerns owners would have for you. That's the stuff you want to answer for them through the site. You want to lead them to the information without them having to call per se. So just thinking about the actual path, understanding that you're, you know, unless you have a huge budget, budget right off the bat, and you're going to implement everything right away. That's usually not the case. So be realistic, like you were mentioning in the beginning of uh, the podcast, that let's have some realistic marketing goals. You have to understand that when you start, it's the hardest point. You're starting with zero momentum, zero data. So really understanding that and actually uh, measuring the progress over time, uh, that's step number one. The other thing I would say, which is really overlooked, is, is testing. So I would say always be testing. Oftentimes, there's, there's no testing. Um, you're not going to improve anything if you're not going to change up variables, right? Um, you've, companies have tested softwares. They've tested their pricing. They've tested all sorts of stuff. The marketing is the exact same thing. And the advantage to online, depending on the, the strategies you're doing, is a lot of this is measurable. That's the great thing about online marketing. You can measure a lot of stuff. So probably a big mistake I always see. Let's run ads. Let's run into one page. I've run into the same page for a year. 
you should make changes. You should see what actually will improve the campaign or actually ruin the campaign, right? And then tweak over time. So just understanding that process and measuring it and actually trying to improve it over time. And don't expect that when you start, it's going to be perfect because if it was, everyone would do it, right? And, and, and not every company does it for that reason. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, Alexander, uh, thanks so much for speaking with me today. Uh, really appreciated having the conversation. And uh, I hope I hope that uh, I hope that everybody out there, you know, got a lot out of this. Uh, of course, um, we're always open to ideas, and we're curious what your experience has been with marketing over the past year. Uh, so feel free to leave some comments below. Uh, with that said, again, thank you, Alexander, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on another episode soon. Take it easy. I love talking to Alexander because, you know, honestly, like SEO is what I live and breathe each day. Uh, I'm always doing topic research and trying to figure out what property managers are searching for and using Google as that, uh, say, window into really what's going on. Alexander basically touched on the point that this trend has been happening a while for a while, but US mobile website traffic, 45% of all web traffic in the United States is now mobile. I think that's something that our audience, uh, speaking to you property managers out there, it's something that you should really keep it in the front of your mind. And it seems so small, but it can have a real big impact and influence. Well, right, because if you're able to get someone to your website, that's like a huge deal because they saw your brand, they know who you are. And if that website isn't working properly, they can't submit a form, they can't, they don't know how to call you, how to reach you. Uh, or they're not convinced because it's kind of a bad experience, it doesn't show your company in the best light, then, uh, I mean, you, you kind of just wasted whatever marketing spend that was to get them there, or, you know, you wasted that, that site visit. Yeah, that's exactly right, Tony. I mean, marketing, what I loved about this conversation is that he just, he broke it all down into the fundamentals. Like, marketing is really just about a sequence of of thoughts uh, about how you first attract somebody's attention, um, but you don't want to only focus your energies on all like the whiz bang, you know, attracting attention. You want to make sure that if you actually do persuade somebody to click, that you are then bringing them to a place where they can engage with you, just like you were saying, Tony. Um, if you get them to your website, make sure that it is as easy as possible for them to contact you however you want, and then you develop the relationship from there. Um, that's what marketing is. You know, like there's nothing new in marketing under the sun. Like there's always some kind of like new cutting edge trend, but really fundamentally it's about attracting attention, telling them that it was worth it and showing them the value that you can add and then, you know, taking it from there. You know, obviously I, I create a lot of content. We create a lot of content as a team and broadening that definition of what content is, right? It's more than just a blog post, a video, a podcast. Uh, it's really any opportunity you have to interact with your customer. Like anything on a web page is content. Any presentation you give, any phone call you make can be looked at because it plays into that journey all the way from lead to hopefully a, a customer. And I know, Rachel, you've, you've spent a lot of time, you know, really understanding that journey uh, through the full funnel, especially with a lot of the APM, uh, ABM stuff that you've done. Well, my ears perked right up when I heard you talk about account-based marketing. Um, that's one of the things I've been working on at Buildium for a few years, and I think it's 
really cool and it's a great way to be creative and do a little more focused marketing depending on who you're trying to reach. So the fact that property managers might be utilizing that strategy is really awesome. And um, I think it's super cool. And we've had success with different direct mail campaigns. And Tony, like you were saying, it's an easy way to create trackable vanity URLs and links uh, and just an easy way to start measuring engagement because uh, like, uh, like Alexander brought up, sometimes you might be starting off with zero data. Um, so it just takes that first step. And then after a month, boom, you have some data to compare your next campaign to. Yeah. And the data part is really interesting. I loved what he said about testing, um, about making sure that you're testing. And uh, you know, we all come from a, a very marketing testing kind of place, but what's always important when you're testing is to know what you're testing for. What are you testing to learn? Like, I think I'm, if I um, you know, change this headline or if I try a new kind of campaign, understand what it is that you're going to measure, like sort of almost have a hypothesis going into it saying, here's what I think is going to happen and here's how I'll know if it did. And so understanding what all of the different numbers will tell you along that journey so that as you start to evolve your marketing and you put more nuance into it and everything, you're testing and evolving forward. Well, I think that pretty much does it for this episode. Um, I know I had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> I hope I didn't bore anybody. Um, but it was great talking to Alexander. And for those of you uh, who are listening or watching out there, if you want to um, want us to cover a specific topic or maybe you have an idea for a guest, you can send us an email at podcast at buildthem.com. Uh, one other thing that I wanted to mention is for those of you who haven't heard, All Property Management is actually a Buildium, uh, Buildium company that helps property managers grow their businesses. Uh, if you're a property manager and you're looking to get more leads and looking to find property owners in your neighborhood, it's definitely a lead gen solution. Um, what it really does is connect property owners and property managers and then let you go and you know, start to deliver the amazing uh, service that you know how to do. Uh, so with that said, uh, you know, definitely be sure to check it out if you're looking to uh, you know, get more doors. Um, and that's about it, folks. So hope you enjoyed it and we'll talk to you soon. Till next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Buildium's The Property Manager Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating on iTunes. The Property Manager Podcast can be found at buildium.com slash podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, reach out to us at podcast at buildium.com or on any of our social media accounts. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.